Hello everyone, I'm Harrison. And I'm Rachel. This week we're talking about this problem that everybody seems to have of judging other parents. So stay tuned and join us on our journey to Raise, raise Baby, Baby H. H. I've seen this saying pop up a lot lately and that is, I was a perfect parent before I had kids. And that is so true. We're five months in and there are already things that we thought we were going to do and talked about doing in our pregnancy that have completely changed now that our baby is actually here. There seems to be this tension whenever we're talking to other parents, whether that's our parents, our siblings who have kids, or just friends that have kids. Like no one really wants to be honest and share what's going on out of a fear that the other people around them are going to judge. And we're not going to sit here and pretend like we haven't done this either. I've been on both sides of the side thinking, wow, I can't believe someone else is doing that with their kids. And I've also been in the position of, I don't really want to share all of my struggles with you because I know that you're just going to say, well, it's because you're doing this or have you tried that? You've heard us say time and time again that every family has to do what works best for them. And the reasons for that is because no two families have the same exact situation. There's work schedules, family dynamics, the number of people in your family, age gaps between kids, access to resources, and so much more that can impact decisions for your family. Today, we are just doing a little bit of reflecting on some things that we thought we were going to do differently before we had Edison and what we are actually doing now. So the first thing that was definitely different than how we had planned was my postpartum recovery. I think we just didn't know what to expect. And that's partly because people just don't talk about it and all of the like intense details because it can kind of scare you. But we also just didn't bother to like really do a ton of research about it. We just figured, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot. I'm going to be bleeding, uncomfortable and those kind of things. But what we didn't expect is that I got an infection and that just slowed things down a lot more. You're really tired and sore and it's just different like until you experience it you can't really plan for it and i think that's why a lot of people don't talk about it is it's so different from person to person that you have really no clue what it's going to be like for you but we thought that this process would be a lot simpler than it was and that it would just be as simple as if rachel took care of everything then it would be pretty easy we knew it would be a six-week wait and all of that, but Rachel was taking really good care of all of her tears and everything and still ended up with this infection. And there were tons of other things along the way that people just don't really get around to talking to. I ended up being on a pelvic rest until like 12 weeks postpartum. So it took much longer than that six weeks that everyone talks about. And I will say like, so yeah, I had a really, really rough postpartum, but am I scared to do it again? No, because I've done it before and I know that it will get better. But when I was going through it that first time, I was just terrified. I was like, what did I do to myself? Like, am I ever going to be back to normal again? We had all these plans for after Edison was here and we spent a lot of time thinking through this. Like when would Rachel do most of the work with Edison? When would I... How would we figure out how to make sleep in here while still paying attention to Edison all the time? And all of that really just went out the window as soon as Edison was here. Because 
We didn't know everything else that it would entail, like Rachel just recovering and trying to function again. And so it just really changed a lot. And I don't think it matters how much we planned for it or how much we would have known this whole time right after Edison is born would never have been able to be planned out. Yeah. So if you are a first time parent, like I don't want to scare you by any means because it does get better. But I would say just be prepared to give yourself a lot of grace and just realize that in the moment it can feel very scary, but take the time that you need to recover. And I think that really in this time, you're going to do whatever it takes to survive. And really, that's what this time is about, is surviving and figuring out your new life with your new child. And I think that is what leads to a lot of these parenting decisions changing so fast to things that you never even imagined you'd do. Another thing that we thought would be different is having visitors after birth. So before Edison was born, we were kind of hoping that we would come home and have several days before anyone met him or came to our house. What ended up happening is that while we were still at the hospital, we ended up ordering a breast pump and it was going to arrive the same day that we were going to be going home. And we have had some history of packages getting stolen, and we really did not want this breast pump to get stolen because we were going to need it right away because Rachel was going to have to start pumping immediately. So we asked Rachel's parents to come and get that package. So they actually were there when we got home, which was something that originally we were like, no way can this happen. And we were kind of emotional like we cried that entire car ride home because we had a terrible hospital stay but by the time we got home and got to kind of vent a little bit and talk about what had just happened it was nice to get that off of our chest and just be like okay the world kept spinning like we're gonna be okay we just need to figure out how to kind of cope with what just happened I think that before all of it we were thinking we just wanted this moment with Edison and us and our new little family that we had to just kind of chill and be like, this is where we're going to live. This is where we're all going to figure this out together. And just to have that moment. And I think that that is something that's really special. And if you're a new parent, I could see why you would want that moment. And something that may be reassuring hearing this is that we still were able to have that moment. It just wasn't as soon as we got back from the hospital and it probably worked out better that this is how it went down. Because when we had the chance to just be the three of us, be our new family, we weren't so worried about all this hospital stuff. We had already gotten a chance to get some of it off of our chest. And just now we're focusing on let's be a family and let's take that first step. So we had released a podcast before Edison was born that was like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is how we want people to come visit. These are all the rules that we have. And it was kind of hilarious because not very many people got to visit him in that first week or two. And so by the time people did come visit, we were feeling a lot more relaxed about things, but they were all coming in like, oh, let's wash our hands. Let's not take any pictures and all this stuff. <laughs> and Harrison and I are just laughing like, yeah, I guess we should tell people that we're not like being so strict anymore. The biggest rule that we set that people seem to just like really, really stick to was that if Edison got upset, we wanted him like we just wanted him back. And when we originally created this rule and, you know, this is something that we wanted to do, it is because we were imagining people coming to see him in the first week. And we also would have just been meeting Edison. So we need to figure out fast how do you console him and just be there for him? 
And, you know, when we finally got to see some people, you know, like at Christmas time, you know, or even a little bit sooner than that, it was like, we've done this long enough. Like we, we know how to take care of Edison and how to calm him down. So like, if he's crying, if you want to hold him and you want to try to do it by all means, give it a shot. But if you don't want to, like, we'll, we'll obviously come to it. For us, it ended up working out that almost every weekend for the first month of his life, people were coming over, but it was in small groups. So like two people would come like on Saturday, two people would come on Sunday. And it just kind of worked out that way for the first month, which is really nice for us. So it is kind of hard to say if we would have done something differently if everyone decided to come the first week or not. Honestly, we were terrified that everybody was going to show up at one time. We just knew that we were not going to be able to handle that. We were so worried about how would other people do it. We didn't want people to have like a bad experience. And that was like the biggest concern ever. So we are really happy that people spread out that stay and that, you know, some of them didn't see him right away, but really it's okay because they still got to see him when he was little and cute. And, you know, I think that it all worked out in the end. So another thing that did not go as planned was our breastfeeding journey. And we really tried to prepare as best as we could for this. I met with a lactation consultant before he was born. We had all of the resources that we needed. We had contact info. We had supplies. And it just didn't work out. Part of that was right off the bat, we had a somewhat traumatic birth. Edison was born vacuum assisted. So He kind of had a little kink in his neck and that definitely affected the way that he latched. And so we just started out pretty early with pumping. And obviously a breastfeeding journey for anybody is something that's really up in the air and you never really know. You could have no supply at all. Your baby could have an issue with latching, you know, and there's just so many different things. But this was something we weren't really prepared for it to be as difficult as it really was. And As Rachel got adjusted to exclusively pumping and we kind of figured out that whole routine, which took quite a while, it is not a simple thing. Even though people think like, oh, it's this natural process, it would be easy. It is not by any means. And so as soon as we had it all figured out, Rachel had to go back to work. Then shortly after that, I had to go back to work and it just it wasn't going to work out. So we ended up switching to formula. And we were never against formula. We talked about it in our podcast before he was born, but we definitely were wanting to do breastfeeding as long as we could. The next big thing that was vastly different from how we had planned it is co-sleeping. We thought that before Edison was here, he would never sleep in our bed. We would never be sleeping with him. If he fell asleep on our chest, we were always going to be awake, making sure all this stuff is going on. And that's, it's just unrealistic. Edison slept almost exclusively in our bed for the first two months. He just wouldn't fall asleep anywhere else. And I do think there is a little bit about that newborn fresh stage where they just really need to be around you because they're just terrified. And so I didn't mind that. But when we were getting ready to move so that I could work this job, we were kind of like, okay, he needs to sleep in a different room. And he did pretty well with that. Part of the reason that he spent so long sleeping in our bed is that we had planned on using a pack and play for a bassinet. And that worked out really well for us at the beginning of the night, every single night. But it never failed around two, three o'clock in the morning when Rachel and I were already exhausted and Edison would be hungry. 
You'd bring him into the bed, you'd feed him the bottle, and you'd just leave him there because he always threw a fit whenever he was put in the pack and play. So that is kind of just like how it started, and it just continued like that because when we stayed somewhere else while Rachel was working on a show, it was really the only option that we had. We also didn't do any research on baby sleep before he was born, and so I think that that would be different a second time around because we know it doesn't have to be as hard as we made it. I think in an ideal scenario, you'd never sleep with your baby. You know, that's what you're told to do. That's what safe sleep is. And, you know, we definitely were trying to do this in the safest way possible. We were always making sure that if Edison was in the bed with us, he was nowhere close to a blanket. There's no chance Rachel or I could pull the blanket up and things like that. And so we were trying to do it as safe as possible. And obviously the safest way to do this is just don't sleep with your child. But it just was unrealistic for us to be able to do that. So this one, without us even planning to change it, it was totally different. Another thing that we did a little bit differently is screen time. And we still try to not do a lot of screen time, but there are select times where we just need to do something that he can't be in the carrier for, like taking a shower. And so he'll get to watch a little bit of TV. Screen time is one of those things that I personally have a really hard time with because there are so many parents that are like, I don't want my kid to be around a screen at all. And I just want to basically cut them off from this world. And I mean, I do work in the tech industry, but I see that there are huge amounts of value in things that can be done on screens. Like we actually bought Edison an iPad months before he was here because we knew that it was going to have additional benefits for him. And Long term, there's so many things that are great about a screen. Like we can take one iPad with us and have a whole library of books and it doesn't take up a ton of space. And, you know, that's just one thing. So we're not trying to cut screens completely out of his life. What we are trying to do is make sure that when he has screen time, that it's purposeful, that there is some sort of additional benefit besides the fact that it will keep him entertained because that's where I see the issue with screens is just throwing a phone or an iPad or a TV or whatever in front of your kid's face so that they won't bother you for a little while. Usually if Edison is watching TV and it's not for me to take a shower, it's because we have read through all 20 of his library books for the day and we're done playing all of the two games that he can play. And in the future, screen time is going to change a lot. And so that's something that we're really aware of. But we really thought that we were not going to have him watch TV ever. And in those first couple early months, there were plenty of times that he sat in his bouncer while Rachel and I watched a show and he was perfectly content there. And we were okay with that. But screen time is just one of those big things that you just you have to figure out what works for you. The last thing that was different than how we planned was schedules. So we plan out every minute of our life. We put things on our calendar months in advance and hold dates. And we just thought, you know, we're going to have a routine and it's going to be great. And that just didn't happen. And I think we were so overwhelmed with just being parents for the first time that we just didn't even know how to start with a schedule. And so for the first couple of months, it really was like, oh, he's crying. So let's feed him or he's crying let's try to get him to sleep and we were just guessing it was really funny anytime we saw either of our families that knew that we are big time schedule people and they'd ask us like oh when does he eat next and we're like i don't know whenever he cries for it 
And that is just like so out of the norm for us, but especially because I wasn't going to work and neither was Rachel, we could have this really, really loose schedule and everything kind of work out. And we were just really, really struggling to figure out how do we get Edison on a schedule that matches Rachel's schedule and all this stuff. It just, it was so complicated. And really the easiest way forward was he drove the schedule for quite a while until it became a massive issue for us. So I'm sure that as Edison gets older, there are going to be even more things that will be different than how we're planning to do it right now. Like we're just starting conversations about starting solids and eventually how we want to potty train him. But until we actually do it, there's really no telling how it's going to go down. For all of those families that have been talking with us, our parents particularly, and have heard these crazy ambitions that we have, you know, you can take this whole episode as a, you told us so. And we totally understand that we have these dreams that, you know, may or may not actually come through with what we want to do. And we are okay with that. We hope that this episode helps you realize that there is no such thing as a perfect parent and we are all just trying to do our best. I know it definitely was a little bit of a reality check for me to realize that I am guilty of judging other parents in the same way that I am afraid of receiving that judgment. So we all just need to try to be a little bit kinder to each other and help each other out. We're curious to know what things in your parenting journey ended up being different than you originally planned. Feel free to send us a message on our Instagram at 1022productions or comment on one of our posts, and we may talk about it in a future episode. Next time, we are going to talk about free and cheap parenting resources and activities that you may not know about. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.